Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. All right, so we've been going through the seven churches of Revelation. Most of you guys know that. Um, And I told you at the very beginning of this particular segment of Revelation, because we're going through the whole book, that the seven churches are are a representation, I think a perfect representation, of everything historically that's been good and bad in the church. Uh, since the days of Christ. The things we've gotten right, the things we've gotten wrong. Every letter has something to say to us as an individual and as, a, as an entity. Amen? And so we've talked through all seven of them. We've talked through Ephesians, Sardis, Philadelphia, Thyatira. We've talked through all seven of them. Uh, the good and the bad. And I've really enjoyed that. But like I told you a couple weeks ago, well, I've told you multiple times since we started, I'm not trying to give you a history lesson. I'm trying to do what I believe God has called me to do, which is to encourage His people and to challenge us to Christ-likeness, myself included. And so while I've been teaching this series, I've been praying diligently um, about this particular lesson. Because if the seven churches are a representation of what the churches look like throughout history, both good and bad, then what from each of the letters can Launch Point Church learn in regard to encouragement and correction and comfort? And so what I did, and I'm going to ask you to give me a little liberty, what I've done is I've taken, I've read those letters and read those letters and read those letters. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've read the letters to prepare for this lesson. And as you know, the letters all have the same format. There's a community. They talk about the community of Sardis, and then there's a correspondent. Jesus describes himself in regard to how that particular congregation needs to know him. Uh, He was the sword of... He was the truth for the people that were um, compromising the truth, for, for example. And... So he, he, had, he issued a correspondent, who he was, an introduction. And then there was uh, commendation, which is, this is what you're getting right. I'm proud of you. And then a word of correction. But I also see this in you. After that correction, there's a comfort. And this is just the way the letters are written. There's a comfort. If you will do this, then you can expect this. We know we serve an if-then God. Amen? And so, what I've done is I've taken, read those letters, prayed through them, and if you'll, if you'll pardon me the artistic license, through prayer and the dissection of these letters, I've written a letter via the same format of the seven churches in Revelation what I think God would say to Launch Point Church. If God wrote a letter to Launch Point Church, what would it say? And i got to tell you, I I enjoyed it. 
But it hurt me too. Because those seven churches are a perfect representation of what's getting done well and what's not getting done well. And if I'm going to be fair with you and I'm going to be open with you and honest with you about what I believe in my prayer time God has told me, then we have comfort and correction and commendation coming. Amen? And so I'm going to read you this letter. And, and like I said, it's going to read just like one of, the, one of the seven letters to the Revelation. And I've taken specific verbiage from the seven churches. I've not made any of this verbiage up. Um, but I've taken, as I've read the letter to Ephesians, this piece felt highlighted in my spirit. And so I wrote it in. And then the next letter, and the next letter. And this is, this is the letter to the church in Lebanon. Launch point specifically. To the angel of the church in Lebanon write. And then he starts with the correspondent. The son of God, the one who has eyes like flame of fire, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts, no one will open, says this. And so he introduces himself, just like he does in all the other letters. And then he gives a commendation. I know your deeds that you have not faltered in your desire to do good. I know your love, I know your service, and I know your perseverance. You are humble and have kept my word, not denying my name. That's comforting to me. But there's also a word of correction. I have this against you. There is a remnant, which means a sampling, a smaller portion of your population. There is a remnant amongst you that have allowed your love to turn cold. And some among you have allowed Jezebel, the spirit of rebellion, to cause you to hold fast to previous idols. Those amongst you who hold on to such things are to wake up and strengthen the things of me that are about to die. And then he offers a comfort. Be faithful and hold fast until I come. As you do these things, I will keep you from your hour of testing. I am coming quickly. To those who overcome, I will give a white garment and a new name. I promise to give you eternal life and a place in my kingdom. I have labored over this letter. Because every pastor on earth wants to think, man, I'm, I'm pastoring the perfect congregation. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I pastor a pretty good congregation. But there's correction that needs to be made. But I'm going to go through this whole thing much like I did every, other, every letter. First with the correspondent. I'm not going to explain to you the community because literally you live in it. This correspondent starts like this. I am the Son of God. Jesus starts, like, like he starts a couple of the other letters, by declaring his right as deity to explain to you whatever he wants to explain to you. Whatever he decides in his sovereignty, in his grace, in his mercy, in his supreme and perfect knowledge, his supreme and perfect judgment, he says, I am the Son of God. I want you to know that Everything that the Word of God tells us is the Son of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is breathed, inspired by the Spirit of God. 
Why do I bother starting there? Why do I think we should start there? Because it doesn't matter who's talking to you if the person talking to you doesn't have the authority to be talking to you. I've been told a bunch of stuff by a bunch of people that didn't have the authority to tell me a bunch of stuff. And so I immediately discard that. But like in so many of these letters, Jesus himself says, I am the Son of God, the one who has eyes like a flame of fire. He has eyes that judge perfectly. Fire serves two purposes. Which is to destroy or to purify. He's confirmed in the other letters and in verse 1-8 that He holds the keys as the key holder to heaven and hell in the grave. So he holds it all. He said, I am the Son of God, the, eye, the one whose eyes have like a flame of fire. Can I tell you that God sees you? God knows what you're doing. There's no secret thing that you're doing in ministry to bless other people that he doesn't see and isn't blessed by. There's no walk that you're doing that he may not be blessed by. But there's no secret sin in the secret place that you think is secret that is secret to a God that sees all things. We serve a perfect God, perfectly judging and perfectly seeing all things. I can prove this to you in the Word of God. Hebrews 4.13 says, And there is a creature, and there is cre- no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him whom we have to do. Job 31.4 says, Does he not see my ways and number all my steps? We serve a God that is perfect in His judgment, perfect in His sight. He is the one who walks perfectly amongst His church. He walks about the lampstands. I've explained all this verbiage to you before, but if you don't know, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And He says, I walk amongst them. And I believe He walks amongst Launch Point Church. Praise God, the Spirit of God is alive in Launch Point Church. That we serve a Jesus, a God, who looks at us and observes us and walks amongst us and checks us and makes sure that we're pure and judges us in our purity and judges us in our impurity. But he is, there's nothing that we have hidden from Him. I'm trying to tell you that we serve a God that is perfect in all things. But He's perfectly intimate too. I gave the illustration when I talked about the seven lampstands in I think Ephesians, the church to Ephesus, of an engineer walking through a warehouse. And he's checking all the machines to make sure everything's running exactly right and that every cog's hitting what it's supposed to hit. And he walks around and he checks. And He sees you where you are. This should be both a comfort and a conviction to us. Because I'll tell you, I would love to tell you different, but I will tell you I'm not perfect. Most of y'all are surprised by that. But I'm not perfect. But there's nothing hidden from my God. So you know what I may, you know what I'm so willing and I love the fact that I get to do? is take comfort in the fact that he saw it anyway. And because he saw it anyway, because he is a 
God, the God who walks amongst the lampstands intimately amongst His church, I know, since He knows, all I have to do is go to Him. Crawl up in His lap or lay down at His feet and say, God, I, I love You. I thank You that You love me. I start most of the prayers at the church that way. God, we love you and we thank you that you love us. It's not out of vain repetition. It's because I, I am blown away that we serve a perfect God that perfectly judges. And by the way, if you're a Christian, that judgment's gone. Jesus took it and is perfectly intimate with us. But not only is he intimate with us, he is of perfect authority, the Holy One of God, perfect in every way. He is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the standard by which all things are established. He's still in the introduction. I'm still trying to introduce you to the Jesus that loves you. That He is perfect in His deity. That He is perfect in His judgment that He is perfect in His knowledge, that He is perfect in His perspective, that He is perfect in everything that He does. He holds the keys of David, which means if He opens it, it can't be shut. If He shuts it, it can't be opened. No one can undo that which our God can do. So not only is He all of those things perfectly, He's perfectly omnipotent, which means He's all-powerful, which means He's capable of moving on your behalf, and He wants to. I haven't done anything but introduce you to the God that has done everything He can to be in relationship with you. To the Jesus that bore 39 stripes on His back so you could have a relationship with Him. Who had His beard plucked out that you might be in relationship with Him. That was beat literally by a cohort of Roman soldiers. Upwards of 600 men is a cohort. I've been hit in the face a couple of times. I've never been hit in the face 600 times in a row. And they say he had to have been indescribably mangled. This is the beautiful gift that God gave us. In his perfection, in his perfect judgment, he took judgment upon himself. He had the power, the authority to remove himself from the cross but decided not to. Launch Point Church, this is the Jesus that loves you. He is absolutely perfect. And for that reason, we should strive to do whatever we need, to do whatever we can to please Him. Everybody all right? I just want you to imagine for a moment. And if I don't get to anything else, I want you to imagine for a moment a God that loved you so much so as to have done that so that you could be, as Pastor Leonard said, in prayer with him, so that you could have intimate conversation with him. These things happen because Jesus is, according to how he's introduced himself here, God, the standard of truth, perfect authority, sovereignty, and judge and strong enough to complete his plan. So he's telling us, Launch Point Church, don't worry. Pursue me. 
strive after me. Reach for me. The thing about God's grace is as I flinch towards God, He bowls me over with the love that He has for me. Any of you guys ever been so blown away by the love of God that you, you are without words? That you can't do anything but lay on your carpet, on your face, and just be amazed by the fact that the Creator, God of the universe, decided instead of destroying you to redeem you, that He is a perfect God, and He is strong enough to complete the plan that He has for your life. And then He moves into commendation. He says, I know your deeds. Again, a sign of intimacy. You see this in every one of the letters. I see your deeds. I see, I see you. Some days I wake up and the first, probably not the first thing, the first within the first few minutes, I ask myself, or I ask God, do you see me? Do you see me today? I know that sounds silly. But there's days I can't get out of bed if I thought he didn't. There's days I don't know that I would have the strength to know what to do next if he didn't see me. I want you to walk in the fact that God sees you. Not as a condemning thing. I grew up in a very legalistic church. It's the reason I didn't give my life to the Lord until I was 34 years old because I thought God sees you means he's waiting on you to do something stupid so he can write you, so he can erase you off the dry erase board of life. Like there wasn't even a book in the church I grew up with. It was all, oh, you did something stupid, I erase you. Oh, you did something stupid, I erase you. God, forgive me, I write your name back in. But that's not the God you serve. There's a God that sees you and is strong enough to keep you and love you and wants to. Amen? He says, you are true workers. Launch Point Church is a true working church. Our mission statement, I get asked, I used to get asked pretty regularly when we first started opening, what is the one thing you want to do? And I said, outreach for the purposes of glorifying Jesus. I believe what we do in the church equips us, as I said Sunday, for going out there. And there was a time where upwards of 70% of this church was in a volunteer ministry someplace. When the average is between 10 and 15% in churches, that's a big deal. We toil well. We aren't spectators. Our faith is bound in boot leather, as we talked about when we studied the book of James. And I'm not saying that to elevate you. I'm saying that because I believe God is pleased with that in us. Because we have been true workers. We have persevered. Man, when I, when I first saw this building, I thought there's no way. It was ridiculous. It was a hot mess. There was 80s wallpaper in here. But one thing after another, Jesus showed up. And Jesus showed up. And week in and week out, Jesus showed up. And Jesus showed up. Did you know our floor in there was laid for free? Did you know our ceiling and the lights were put in for free? 
that the closet leading into the kitchen was put in there for free. God showed out here so wonderfully, so miraculously, there was no doubt. How can we not persevere? We've been a persevering church. We've, we don't give up. We can't give up. We don't resign ourselves to our surroundings. But instead, courageously suffer hardship. I, and I believe if it gets to the point of persecution, true persecution, the vast majority of this church will stay exactly like it is. Willing to work, never giving up, and capable and willing to deal with the evil that is amongst us. You know, there's evil amongst us? Yes. There's evil in every church. Our fight isn't against flesh and blood. If you think people aren't praying against Launch Point Church, if you think people aren't praying against me, against you, your eyes are blind to the truth. Why do we think prayer is important? Because it's on the battlefield of prayer that these victories are won in the name of Jesus. But we've never backed away from that. We've always been willing to do, as Paul said in Ephesians, do not give the devil an opportunity. We've been willing to call it out where we see it. Boldly. This is a pretty bold church. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, if you weren't so, so the way you are, you know, this church would grow faster. That's all. I'd rather grow deep than, than wide. Not for my sake, for yours. Because a church that's confident in the word of God can stand on the day of tribulation. So we deal with evil amongst us, and we've done all of it for the greater purposes of his namesake. And I'm proud of you. But I'm, I'm just your pastor. I think Jesus is proud of you. We walk in humility. Well, y'all walk in humility. I do the best I can. Because we understand that in our weakness is where our strength is found. This is true and according to the Word of God, 2 Corinthians 12.10. Therefore I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How many of you guys are willing to do all of those things for Christ's sake? I am. It's a bold declaration to make. But all of us, recognizing what Jesus Christ did for us, ought to be willing to make that declaration. Because I don't care what they do. If they slowly cut your head off, you didn't die the death, he died. So that you could have the eternity you've been promised. Pastor Jim, you're talking crazy. I'm not talking crazy to you. I want you to know that the truth is what it is that we have walked in humility, that we have kept his word. I love Job 23, 12. He says, because I feel like this is the spirit of Launch Point Church, I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. Do you treasure the word of God? You should. People say, man, 
Lord never talks to me. Inch of dust on your Bible. Can I tell you the Lord's never audibly talked to me? But I know how to hear the voice of the Lord. And we keep His word even when it's uncomfortable. And then there's the correction. I have this against you. That there is a remnant amongst you. That there's a small portion. And I, I'm going to have some pretty tough conversations over the next couple of weeks. Because I believe in order to be who we are called to be, those remnants have to be faced and addressed. Amen? Not, not, not out of anger, but because we express out of love correction. And that's how Jesus corrects us. There's a remnant among us who has allowed our love to grow cold. You guys are awesome. But can I tell you, there was a time if I had a, the first year, first two years we were here, if I had to put that DeWall shoe giveaway sign-up sheet on the desk, the Welcome Center, it had been full before the first service. And it's been out now for four. I think there's five or six people on it. And I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to tell you, don't let your love grow cold. Fan into flame that which God gave you. If you're doing what you do because it's what you've always done, do something else. Because doing what you always do is going to get you what you've always got. And most of us aren't where we want to be. I pray none of us are where we want to be eventually. Amen? So don't let our love grow cold. We have to make sure that we're doing what we do for the right reasons. That whether we're giving or serving or praying, whatever it is that we do, loving one another, that we do it from a heart busted open in love for Jesus. Because Christ don't care about your stuff. Christ cares about your heart. Hebrews 10.6, In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Capital Y. We're about to start this building fund campaign. And if you have a million dollars to give, but you're giving it because you makes you feel good to do it, not because you love the Lord, do me a favor. This is hard to say because I'm not telling you anything but the truth. Keep it in your pocket because I don't want it. I don't think because God doesn't want it. But if you have one dollar, it's all that you've got. And you give it from a love that's split open by the heart of God. God will build a building with that one dollar that he'll never be able to build with a million. Mm, that's good preaching right there. Not only this, not only does our love turn cold, some of us... Uh, a remnant, I want you to understand me, a remnant of us, or maybe even a remnant inside of some of us, has tolerated the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of rebellion. You know the right thing to do, you just haven't done it. 
You know what you're called to do, but you haven't done it. You know how you're supposed to lead your family, but you haven't done it. You know what you're supposed to give up, but your give up is too comfortable. You know what you're supposed to collect, but your collect's going to cost you something. See, Jezebel wasn't a spirit of rebellion for the sake of rebellion. Jezebel was a spirit of rebellion that caused the nation of Israel to fall back into idol worship. And so to ask yourself, am I guilty of that? Ask yourself this question. Is there anything bigger than Jesus in my life? Oh man, I, I live in a, I'm a material girl living in a material world. Not forever. If your kids, your job, your money, your friends are a greater idol in your life than Jesus is a God in your life, you got a problem that you need to work through. Believe this is the word that Jesus has for us because he loves us. The Bible says that words, an, an enemy, words from a friend can be trusted. I think it's Proverbs 26, 16 or 6. Words from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies his kisses. Which means the Spirit of God will break you to love you and the enemy will sing you to sleep have you allowed yourself to be broken or are you asleep at the wheel pretty big deal and then finally he ends praise God By telling us strengthen that which remains in us. And we can. You know how you strengthen? Even if you're part of that remnant. Or if there's a, a remnant in you. You haven't given yourself wholly and completely over. You know how to get back to that place? The word of God. I don't know how people live without reading their Bible. My life's upside down, Pastor Jim. My finances are upside down. My world's upside down. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. Let me read something to you. And I know I'm already over, but you need to get up and, and do your thing, then feel free. I know some of you have ways to travel and whatnot. I'll find it in a second, I promise. My pages stick together from the oil in my hand. Oh, that everybody's would do that. Second Timothy 3.16 All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. You know what that means? Those are fancy words. We don't use the word reproof a lot anymore. It says it's mean, it's good for teaching what is right, what is not right, how to get it right, and how to stay right. Pastor Jim, I don't know how to get right. Read the Word. 
I don't know how to stay right. Read the Word. I don't know the truth. Read the Word. God inspired the Word to teach you those things. So that those things that are inside of you, those things that He placed inside of you, the Spirit of God, the the gifts that He's put inside of you, don't die because He's coming back. coming back and that's the comfort the comfort is let me just read the letter as I as I have perceived it again here somewhere <laughs> be faithful and hold fast until I come as you do these things I will keep you from your hour of testing I'm a pre-tribulationist most of you know that if you don't know that, you'll know it next week. I'm going to tell you all the reasons why I'm a pre-tribulationist. But he promises to keep us from our hour of testing. He is coming quickly. And to those who overcome, I will give you a white garment and a new name. And I want that. I don't know what my new name is. But Jesus can call me whatever he wants to call me as long as he calls me. I promise to give you eternal life and a place in my kingdom. That's what I want. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for us. We're doing so many things so well. But a remnant dangerous thing just a little just a little leaven just a little poison in your drink will kill you I believe Jesus has a very pointed word for us continue doing what you're doing work hard be diligent pursue strive after but know that he sees you in the good and the bad. But praise God, He is, as He introduced Himself, the perfect, sovereign, loving, caring, omnipotent God that's capable of fulfilling His purpose and His plan for your life. Amen?